You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. We wanted to uh, wanted to take the, ch- the opportunity to maybe maybe talk about some something that it, uh, is might be kind of hard hard to talk about. But like Ben said, we're trying to uh, have we're trying to be a place where you can talk about these things because I think we all you're probably you probably all think about this some point. Maybe think about it a lot. Um, but we want to talk about this idea of death, right? And reconciling. This is how Dan wanted to put it. Reconciling death and God. Our faith in God. So, might be a little hard, but let me pray for us that it's going to be good. Yeah. What do you say? You pray with me? Let's take it just a second. Lord, we have hope. That you're coming to make things new. That you're making things new. That they're going to be made new. And I pray that tonight you would guide us, guide our conversation. That it would be good. Steer us out of the weeds. Keep us out of the weeds. Be in us. Maybe there's something um, to be revealed tonight. Maybe this is uh, this is sacred space that we're that we're trying to create with you. I pray that you'd be in this sacred space with us, and that this would be a good conversation. I pray this in Jesus' name, believing that it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Dan. Yes, Pat. <laughs> How you doing? Hi. So I'm going to kind of uh, give, just give Dan a chance to start to talk a little bit about his story. So Dan, you've got you have this preoccupation. I do. Tell us about it. What are, what are you what's your what are you preoccupied with? Uh, well, uh, this problem, right? What yes. Is, what's the problem? Well, well, the just for forewarning, this is probably going to get pretty intense. I'm going to kind of bare my soul a little bit. I don't think it's, it's kind of hard to not do that when I'm talking about this. So I, since I guess I was about 23 years old, I've been pretty much uh, obsessed with, uh, with death and fear of death. Why, why 23? What, what's when, I, when I was 23 or 24, uh, I had, there's just a lot going on in my life and I had my first full-blown panic attack um, which uh, was, you know, really intense, and I, I thought I was dying, and I went to uh, went to the emergency room, and uh, you know, I thought I was having a heart attack, and it was uh, it was just, you know, if anybody's ever experienced anything like that, it's just pure terror. Anyone ever have any experiences like that? Yeah, that was quick. Like yeah, it. thank you for yeah, for being it, yeah, it kind of. If you've experienced something like that, the hand goes right up because it's you're just kind of like. Yeah, oh man, you've had that too. That's terrible. Yeah. Did I take you to the hospital? Yes. Yes. This was 2010. And uh, um, what it did was it kind of set off this thing in my head. It kind of woke something up in my head that was uh, was not there before. Um, and it took away all of my sense of security and safety. Um, would you tell us how it, the first one, what, it, what happened? How did it happen? What was it like? Uh, 
I couldn't sleep and uh, I drank a lot of coffee. I, I kind of did a lot of things that caused, I, I came to find out later, caused anxiety attacks, which is mm. I wasn't getting any sleep. Uh, I had just stopped taking my antidepressants like a month or so earlier. I was weaning myself off of them because I didn't want to be on them anymore. Um, I had been taking them for a few years off and on, uh, but I was kind of at a point where I felt like I didn't need to take them anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, I wasn't sleeping. I was drinking a lot of coffee. I was really stressed out. A lot of things were going on with our band at the time. We were, uh, you know, our, our drummer. We, we were kind of losing our drummer to some some bad habits that he was into, and it was all very, uh, you know, all of my security was kind of already being kind of taken away. And then one night I just couldn't I couldn't sleep, um, and then I felt like I couldn't breathe. Uh, and then I had this horrible feeling that lasted for probably about two months where I felt like I was dreaming. Um, I felt like nothing was real. Uh, they call that medically, I think they call that depersonalization, which is uh, you feel like you're going throughout your life and, and you're just, nothing looks the same. I thought I, I thought I was going crazy. I thought maybe I was schizophrenic or something. It was, it was really, really scary. Um, but the, yeah, I couldn't breathe. I was hyperventilating. I said, weird, I remember my tongue went numb. Really weird stuff. Um, and then, and I was just like, Pat, please take me. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It was late. It was like one in the morning. You came up to yeah. my room. Yeah. I was like, you got to take me to the hospital. And we tried, I tried to talk you down. And yeah. Just, it wasn't. Uh, I was not having it. You had this like look, you know, like the deer, like the thousand yard stare. Yeah. And you just can't reach him. So I went to the emergency room and the weirdest thing happened, as soon as I pulled up to the emergency room, it started to go away. Hmm. And I was just kind of like, I remember looking at Pat and being like, oh my God, this was just a panic attack. It's going away. You know, I like in my head, I was just like, this is, this is, this is kind of the end of my life as I know it. Something horrible is going to happen, you know? Um, and then I was just kind of like, oh man, I'm going to be okay. And, uh, but then the next day it happened again, uh, and and you know they, I I probably went to the emergency room like three or four more times during that time because I thought that I was dying, um, and it was just it, they call it panic disorder, which is you have a panic attack. Uh, I would call it more of a terror attack. I don't think panic quite <laughs> describes yeah, it. Yeah, people use that like, kind of kind of loosely now. Like, oh, I said a panic attack. Yeah, it was absolute terror. And, uh, and then I would start to be afraid of having another panic attack, which would then cause a panic attack, and then I, would, I just got stuck in this loop. And the only thing that really, uh, the thing that, the, one of the scariest things is that I, you know, I thought that, you know, I've been a Christian since I was, you know, five years old. And uh, the scariest thing is that I, uh, I felt like I, sh I needed to be, uh, I, w I was scared that praying wasn't working. It wasn't doing enough, you know? I felt shameful about that. I felt uh, it caused even more doubt and even more anxiety, you know? It's just kind of like, why is this not going away? It's supposed to go away now, you know? I thought maybe my faith wasn't strong enough. I thought, um, you know, I, I I doubted the existence of God at all. You know, it was very, it was a very dark time. 
Could you tell the story about Jen? About Jen? Oh, yeah. oh, when I couldn't sleep? Yeah. I've written this I forgot about this. So one of the times that I came back from the hospital, uh, they had given me this stuff called um, Ativan, which is supposed to be kind of like a like a Xanax, kind of like an anti-anxiety <coughs> drug, but they say that it's more, and I, I had a prescription for Xanax. And of course, in this period of, in this mindset, I was thinking, I was looking at the Xanax bottle and I was going, oh my gosh, this says that seizures are a side effect of this if you don't take Ooh. it, you know what I mean? So it's just like total hypochondriac. But uh, so they gave me Ativan and they said, well, there's less side effects, it's less side effects. And it, it put me into this really bizarre kind of fever dream state. I don't know if you've ever had a fever that's so bad that like you're kind of hallucinating a little bit. You're like things like, you feel like you're kind of like dreaming while you're still awake. But I literally, I couldn't sleep because I was so afraid that my heart was just going to stop. So I, <laughs> this is probably the lowest point, one of the lowest points of my life. I asked Pat's wife, Jen, I was like, can you just stay here with me and just keep the lights on? I'm going to try to fall asleep. Can you just watch me sleep? And if something happens, like call the, call the call 911 or something. That's the only, and it was the only way I could get to sleep. <laughs> you know, she did, Jen sat there. Yeah, she did, God bless her. Yeah. So, so how did this, um, how long did this go on for? This was uh, from about May 2010 until about July or August. Yeah. And it was, it was every day. I was going to work, you know, and I was just kind of like, just get through it, get through it. But everything looked different. I had my, my vision checked. It was just so bizarre. What were you, what were you, how, how were you trying to manage it? Uh, I was I was I was praying a lot. Um, I was uh, I, I lost like forty pounds just from because I, I I wasn't eating anything. I was walking constantly. I was just trying to distract myself constantly in the woods, listening to music, just something to make me feel like I could catch my breath. You know. Um, but then I went into I went to <laughs> I went to see a therapist for the first time, and uh, the therapist I went to see. Uh, I only saw, I, I wound up seeing her twice. And the first time that I saw her, I was, I was like, I had to fill out the thing. And it's like, are you, are you religious? You know, one of the first things that they ask you. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's very important to me. You know, my faith in Jesus is the most important thing to me. And so I, I got in there, you know, to, to, to meet her and have our first session. And I was like, you know, I had a lot of anxiety about God and about my relationship with God and about you know, if I die, am I going to go to heaven? Am I saved? You know, these kinds of things. And she's basically just like, well, you know, that's all bullshit, right? <laughs> she said the worst thing you could possibly say to me. And I was just like, oh boy. And I went and saw her one more time and then I, and then I stopped seeing her. Um, so that was not helpful. You found out later that she got fired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but then finally, uh, the thing that, that, that did it was I, I kind of, <laughs> the last time I went to the hospital, Pat was doing an interview for our band. Remember this? And I was like, dude, I can't, I can't be there. I checked myself in the hospital again. He's like, damn, like, I kind of, I need you. you know? There was a guy coming to our house to interview us right. for, for a magazine. For an album like you're small, about to know. Like Philly Magazine or something. Right. They were coming to our place, and half hour before he shows up, Dan starts to have a panic attack and right. goes to the hospital. Yeah. 
and I got there. It's a dark interview. We weren't. <laughs> yes, you read the interview. It's just like, life is awful. Everything <laughs> dies. Um, I want to read that. Too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I went. I was in. I was in the hospital, and I was just like, I, I'm gonna. I, like the, the doctor was just like, you should probably just get on something for some kind of like SSRI, some kind of a. You were resisting taking. I was resisting why? it because I had a moral issue with it, and some people in my life were making me feel like that was, um, that it was not what God wanted for me, right? That antidepressant, that God was not going to work through the antidepressants. That was just going to numb me, um, and. And that it was in some way it was moral against God, and I, I had that feeling. I still struggle with that. There's sometimes I still because you know, spoiler alert, I'm still on antidepressants. <laughs> they saved my life. Uh, <laughs> they completely saved my life, and I and I've changed my attitude towards them because I, I feel like God works through them. You know, God works through medicine. Um, but there is any if anybody's ever been on uh, medication for that some kind of mood stabilizer thing, it numbs you out. There's side effects. The highs aren't as high, the lows aren't as low. Keeps you from kind of from spiraling down, but it also kind of keeps you from this like euphoric state that sometimes I would get. You know, so things don't affect me the same way. I don't cry at, uh, at, at beautiful songs the way I used to. You know, it's like I want to, but it's not. It's not the same. But I'm not a completely crippled, uh, useless mess. That was, that, was, that was, you felt like that was your, those were your options? That, those were my options, either to be basically just somebody to just take care of me, or, and like do things for me, or take this and, uh, and, and do the things that I want to do, you know? So ultimately, taking antidepressants again, and, and regularly, uh, gave me my life back. So if anybody's... Kind of uh, that's a that's a debate, you know. That's a thing. People talk. Christians talk about that. Like, what's the deal with? What should we be doing with medication? You know, it's a very complicated thing. But my testimony is that if nothing else works, by all means, do it. It's extremely effective. And it, uh, so there was that, my life back. that was the moment you go to the hospital. This is like the third, fourth, fifth yeah, time. Yeah, and, and I was just the doctor was like, "You got. You should just take something, man. Like, take all off. It's very, very few side effects." And I was just nope. like, "Okay." And I remember it took a couple of weeks before it started to, to um, uh, take effect. But when it did, I remember I was in, uh, I was like getting out of the shower and I just like the, the sun came in through the, the window, the bathroom window. And I just, for the first time in like three months, I felt like I could catch my breath. And I was just kind of like, oh. like I still get chills when I think about it because it's the first time I felt any kind of relief in like months. Um, and I was just like, oh man, I remember like journaling that night and I was just like, holy shit, I survived it. Like I was spared. <laughs> you know? But this is, uh, that was sort of the first, um, dark night time, right? Right. But it's not like, this is, st this is something that you're, this is a journey you're still on. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I, I can be very dramatic, you know, but, but, uh. I'm not the same anymore after that happened, you know, like I, I'm never, I don't, I'm always going to be changed from that first panic attack. It opened some, a door up that I can't close, but that's the thing is that I kind of had to 
realize that this is my new normal and that I can't go back to where I can't, you know, we're going into 2019. We can't go back to 2018. You know, it's going to keep, this is, this is the, this is the, the journey. This is just the way that, you know, reality is set up. So did you start doing therapy again? I did through circle counseling. We're good. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, you know, another just life-changing an amazing experience. My therapist is so great. That took some time too. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's why you know some people they go to therapy and they're like it's not working. I'm like you gotta give it like three months, man. You know. Um, but she, uh, my my therapist is just um, she helped me. We went you know we went we went way back. You know my dad. The thing is my dad is also extremely uh, anxious. You know he's got a lot of he's bipolar and he's. He's something. I don't. You know, he's like he's he's bipolar or he's this or he's that. But um, it's kind of in my it's in my genetics. You know, I'm genetically predisposed to having these these uh, anxiety attacks and stuff. But um, she, yeah, my my therapist has helped me tremendously. I'm, I'm still seeing her. I started seeing her in maybe 2014, 2013, something like that. And you, she helped you do something that was that was. Uh, part of this was a big part of this journey. How yeah. you make a decision about a job? Right. So, I guess about I think maybe 2015. I uh, I I felt like God was pushing me to do. I, I've been working in retail. You know, I just, I'm doing the guy in band working retail thing for a while, and I was just kind of like I felt like I wanted to do something that was going to push me a little bit more, and. Jen was, she was quitting her job at this nursing home as an activities, uh, what do you call it, recreation assistant. And she's like, Dan, it's, it's, it's great, you'd love it. You'd get to you'd be singing songs, you, you know, you'd be using your gifts. And I was just like, you know, a nursing home is a place of, <coughs> of death, you know. <laughs> like you go, that, that's why people are in a nursing home is because they're nearing the end of their lives. So I would see these things that were, um, really upsetting, you know. But I, my therapist, kind of gave me the courage to be. I, I wanted to do it, but my fear was the thing that was holding me back from doing it. And, and my therapist helped me to uh, be able to kind of look into uh, the chaos, you know. And it was a huge growing. Here. Yeah, so because you, um, you intentionally put yourself in a place where you couldn't avoid, you couldn't avoid this, uh, this death. Right. Because yeah, people would die. Home. You would, you would come home yeah. from work on Tuesday, and you'd go in Wednesday morning, and somebody was, somebody right. had died. Yes. Somebody that you had been singing a song with. Right. Twelve hours before. Yep. And that would that could happen any, any time, and, and did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's the thing. It did happen. I remember you telling me when you got the job that you. You said something like, I have to do this. Um, I have to be near death. Right. I can't keep running away and hiding from it. I've got to be near it. And it was incredibly meaningful because I I would kind of walk people through these. Like, they were kind of having little, these sort of anxiety attacks like me, and I would be able to talk people through it and like kind of give them hope, and I would be praying with them. And it, it was like I was doing all of this really Jesus-y stuff. Mm. Um, and I was so happy to be able to do it because it was so therapeutic for me. Because it was like, instead of just being afraid of this thing, 
I'm going to accept that it's real and I'm going to get right up next to it, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to like participate in this instead of running away from it. So where did you arrive? Where, where, where are you now in the, in the, in the, in the journey? Well, I mean, I, I, it still affects me because I, I still, there's still part of me that feels like I am oppressed by death because I am, you know, we kind of all are. Um, and I, I'm resentful of that. Um, but it's kind of like uh, the, the only way, it's either, it's either, there's a certain amount of surrender to God's plan that needs to happen regularly for me. Um, that like this is, this is the way that this is set up, right? You know, I look at, I look at Jesus and like we were saying, Mary, did you know? And one of the things I'm thinking of is like, uh, Mary, did you know that your perfect little boy is going to be like brutally crucified? You know, and this kind of like the reality of that. Um, and, you know, the story of Jesus carrying his cross, you know, being whipped and then being, you know, crucified is kind of like, uh, weirdly, I find some comfort in that because it's kind of like sometimes I, 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 I feel like I'm being tortured, you know, but, but the thing is, like, it doesn't end with Christ crucified on the cross by any means, you know, it, it ends with, it, with the resurrection, and, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, you're back, holy shit, you know what I mean, like, I can't believe that, you know, and so I'm, like, really holding on to that hope of resurrection and, and, and redemption, but, uh, I have, having to surrender to the to the process because that's just Jesus had to do it. We'll all have to do it, mm -hmm. but I think the fact that Jesus did it makes it makes it easier. <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you guys think? I would. I mean, do you do you would you like to? to sure. Is there, is there more you wanted to get? I mean, I, I know we could probably go all night, but it's yeah, there. I could. I can talk about this a lot. Um, but yeah, sure, we can, we can open it up. You said Tristan's something about that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Tristan. <laughs> I have a question. That sure. is that, um, do you still occasionally find yourself on the razor's edge with like the anxiety stuff? And if so, how do you back yourself up from that? Uh, yes, and um, humor really helps. Um, my dad calls it decatastrophizing, which is... Uh, I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, like I'll suddenly become aware of, of one of the, like I would like become aware of my heartbeat, all these like, just the worst stuff, you know? And that would like set me off, I'm like, oh my God, this is normal, and I'm Googling this thing, it's like, this is a sign, this is a symptom, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes I'll go down that that rabbit hole, and then I just kind of, I'm like, no, you know what, that's what it is, that's definitely what it is. I have the rarest form of a brain cancer, and you know, I've got two weeks, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'll like use, I kind of use humor. Like I was talking to Justin about this. Um, <laughs> Justin was kind of going through a kind of a similar thing. Sorry to bring this up about you and it's not about me. But we were, we, he was going through a similar thing and I was just like, yeah, you know what's really the best part of, of, uh, of mental health issues and anxiety? Uh, how your your brain mimics the symptoms of heart attacks. Isn't that great? <laughs> like, like, like that kind of like ridiculous humor kind of brings me back to like, you got stuff to do, Dan. You know, you can't just you can't just focus on this. 
because you could, you know, but it's not going to help anybody, at least not yourself. Yeah, it struck me that the um, a panic attack or a terror attack, yeah. um, it it's it kind of traumatizes your just basic physiology. Yes. It makes breathing and heart beating a traumatic experience. Yes. And one of the things that therapists who work with people with trauma have told me is they, they, the goal is to establish a space of trust where the client, the person who's experienced the trauma, can safely tell the story of the traumatic event um, in a safe environment enough so that the, the terror of the event is kind of separated from the, the, the reality of the event, right? Because what, what happens in trauma is that your body actually responds as if it is happening now. Right. So you're stuck in, in the now of that terrible moment that, mm-hmm. of whatever happened to you, like maybe a panic attack. Right. And I know this is all just kind of coming to me right now, but one of the things that um, I know you have some experience with, but I, I have experience with practicing um, Christian contemplation, meditation, which has a lot of focus on your breath. Yes. And sometimes I am able to be still enough that I can hear and feel my own heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a still person. Like this is a hard thing for me to do. But that that sounds to me like a that kind of safe place for the trauma to happen. It's like having like a um, a safe experience with your body, with your right. breath, <laughs> and with your heartbeat. Yep. You know, yep. I, I, this this space to re to reframe those physiological symptoms as a space of rest and connection to God. Um, I know that you've, like I said, I know you've done some meditation, um, but uh, that, that I, that memory of the, of my own heartbeat uh, struck me when it was oppressing you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great way. That's another thing that I'll do is um, deep breathing. And I have a thing where I, I breathe in, this is my therapist telling me this, I breathe in the uh, it's a famous prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, and I hold my breath and then I release and I say, Have mercy on me, a sinner. <laughs> and that was like that like <clears throat> has brought me back to sanity quite a few times. Anyone else want to find that? What do you got, Mark? Um death is the one sure thing we have in life. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it, it really is. It's one thing you know you're gonna die. We all are. Well, I, I, I always think humor is a healthy thing. It, it's it's good to laugh at our mental illness and and yeah. our. I mean, you shouldn't laugh at somebody dying. That's a pretty shitty move. Yeah. Uh, so I guess there's like, how do you now? Like, I have learned because I've known a lot of people who freaking die. Yeah. So with me, like, I don't have a fear of death. I have more of a. I call it a healthy. Mm-hmm. So for you, like, how do you deal with your sort of, I don't know, it's like a fear or a, how do you deal with like that for you now, like in 2018, almost 2019? Uh, not well all the time. You know, there's a lot of times where I, and I become extremely resentful of it, you know, and I kind of cry out to God, you know, <laughs> how long, you know. Um, but one of the things that I'm trying to uh, 
one of the things that I'm kind of working with right now when it comes to um, being afraid of death is, uh, I guess what, what I was talking about with, with Jesus, you know, Jesus did it, and he did it in a pretty brutal way, um, and kind of having like a friend along for that journey is pretty powerful, you know, to have, to see Jesus as a friend who is walking with you, being like, I know, this sucks, right? You know, but like, trust me, it gets better. Trust me, it's going to be all right. Just follow me. I'd like, yeah, you're getting cut here and you're falling down here, but like, just believe me, keep going, you know. That was something that you had said to me earlier, this idea of certainty, that, that you weren't, in the, in the midst of all this, nothing was certain, nothing was safe. Right. And so you were just, that got you to this point where you were able to say, well, why am I certain that God is not here with me? Right. Yeah, well, so uh, like this thing that we're talking about depersonalization where, you know, nothing feels real. Um, I was thinking, I couldn't, I like, I like, it was, it's so funny because you see this a lot in like movies and TV now, like, like something like Black Mirror or like Inception, these like popular things where it's like everything's about like what's real and what's not. You know, I know we're getting into like AI, do these things have souls and all these like very, very philosophical things that are all about questioning reality, right? Well, I was kind of in the twilight zone for a little bit where I literally felt like I couldn't trust anything. Um, and then it kind of brought, it, it like stripped away everything. It got me to this point where I got into some sort of intermediate philosophy <laughs> where, where uh, it was just kind of like, if, like I can't, there's no, nothing is safe. There's no guarantees about anything. I can't even prove, like people, humans can't even prove that they're self-aware, right? To get all sci-fi. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, uh, why wouldn't I believe in God? Like, how is that any crazier? Like it really, I stripped down, way down. I was kind of like, how is believing in God any crazier than believing that I'm not gonna get hit by a truck or something? You know, like anything, like anything could happen. There's no certainty, so it's kind of like, why not? It's it's a it's a bit of a jump, but it's kind of like, it makes believing in God less crazy when everything feels like it's crazy. Do you believe in the second coming for all the listeners? Depends on what you mean by second coming. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, well, one of the things that really kind of brought, I, one of the things I think made this anxiety attack so difficult for me was because I grew up in a church where, or, or in a family where we believed that we were going to be raptured, right? And it was going to happen like any day now. Like, you know what I mean? You guys probably are familiar with some of this stuff. Rapture is when God's just kind of like, hey, guess what? You don't have to die. Let's go. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of Christians believe that. And if, that, and if that's the case, great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I have no problem with that, right? Let's do it. It sounds wonderful. Um, I would be inclined to say yes, that I do believe in the second coming. Um but I don't really know what that means. I kind of, for a little while, I 
I got really into what that is, and then you kind of really you, you get into the confusion of the theology and just going, well, these people believe this, and this person believes this, and this person believes this, and they're all Christians, you know, and they're all saying these totally different things, and I'm just kind of like, do, do I just pick one? What do I do? Like, um, I, I kind of avoided it for a while. I think recently I've been avoiding it. It's just kind of like that's sort of like. Uh, how the second coming happens is sort of irrelevant to me. But the, the fact that Jesus will fulfill his promises of coming back and restoring all of his creation, you know, and redeeming the world, I think that that means life after death. You know, I think that that means we get to see each other again. I think that means that all the suffering um, is, is redeemed, right? I don't know exactly what the ins and outs of that are, because the Bible's not all that clear about it, you know, but I know that it's going to be good, right? Yeah, I think that's a what you just said is a is a hearty yes, mm -hmm. but you are skeptical of some of the debates about the how, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, and, the, and that and the difficulties of that how and how many how much Christians have thought about it make that your yes kind of sound like a maybe because you're not right. sure of everything. Yeah, it's not a maybe, but you, but but how about you know? I, like you said, it depends on what you mean by the second coming. Right. Do you believe that Jesus will return? Some of us may not die. Yes. And that he's going to make all things right, redeem the earth, and give resurrection to those that trust him. Yes. Then yes. Yeah. Like, let's strip it down. <laughs> like, let's strip it down. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of silly debate. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of, there's, there is not a lot of biblical evidence. Right. So, and Jesus himself said, no one knows. Not even I don't even know. The Son of Man doesn't even know. If we can believe him. Yes. Yeah. And and it's a thing where I wouldn't uh Pat asked me this recently. We were talking about this before the the interview and he's like, I don't I honestly don't he was like, Would you be a would you be a Christian if there was if you didn't believe in you know, heaven and like the afterlife and this kind of thing. I'm just like, no. <laughs> what's the point of that? Right? Like, <laughs> that's like that's what that's what Christianity has ultimately. You know, I mean, it's like uh, there's, you know, what I love about Circle of Hope is that we're really focused a lot about what we're doing here on this earth because it matters, right? But it's just kind of like ultimately, ultimately, I'm just kind of like, man, I wouldn't be a Christian if, if I didn't believe in that that death was going to be conquered. You know, Paul said the same thing. <laughs> if, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then we're all to be pitied. Right? Yeah. yeah. Guys, this was great. What a good, what an awesome way to start the new year. Huh? Yeah. Well, and I 2018. Yeah. Yeah, we're going 2019. Let's <laughs> do you, it. Thank you so much for, um, for for listening to Dan's story. Yeah, you guys really were all so us. loving and attentive. That was uh, that was great. Thank you. And Dan, thanks for you were really. Um, you were great. Thanks for being so open, vulnerable, and you clearly uh, you can speak from like some real authority with this. I Thank really you. appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop down at circleofhope.net.